Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as I say it on every episode, we have a great show for you today. We have Houston Bernard, who's doing some great things within the music industry. Um, we listened to his song earlier, American Dream, and really awesome put together song. We'll be playing that later in the show. But anyway, Houston, are you here? I'm here. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. And yourself? <laughs> pretty good, you know. <laughs> Stay, trying to stay busy. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I know the music industry's been really hurt. But you know, because most artists they want to get out there and they want to play live. How has that been for you? Yeah, I mean that's everything. Especially uh, it's busy season. You know, from from like uh, April through October is really our busy season. You know, I had a lot of shows booked. Uh, we had a lot of festivals. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. They're all kind of up in the air. We had some cool trips. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to go to do a festival in in Alaska for a lumberjack festival in July. Oh wow! So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and and, and um, I remember we interviewed Joe Kelly from CDX Nashville, and, and yeah, I know Joe. on our state on our state of the music business podcast that we do. And I remember he talked mm-hmm. about, and this was before coronavirus, of course. Um, he was talking about that in this day and time, an artist does not really have to have a major label to make money. So it'd be with the touring, because I keep talking about all the money's in the touring now. And now, of course, that's shut down for now. Right. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's like, you know, several people we talk to, they're like, they don't know what they're going to do right now, because where you're from, and a brief overview oh, sure. of you. Gosh, you know, I uh, I wish my life was super simple, and uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, so I was. Uh, I'll give you a, a brief synopsis of uh, yep. who I am and where I came from. So I, um, my name is Houston Bernard, uh, country singer, and my dad. I'm, I was born in Oklahoma. My dad and my uncle played country music uh, for many years. My uncle his whole life until his death, mm-hmm. and uh, he ended up. Uh, he was signed a few times. Ariva McIntyre recorded one of his songs. Oh, wow. um, yeah. They used to tour with like Dave Dudley and uh, Wanda Jackson mm-hmm. and uh, Tanya Tucker. They were backup bands. They were they were known as the Rebel Brothers in Nashville, uh, <laughs> you know, before I was born. And uh, but my dad was touring Oklahoma uh, from Oklahoma. They were up in Massachusetts. That's how we met my mom. And then you know he was a broke musician, so <laughs> he rejoined the army. And they uh, sent him up to Alaska. So then we lived in Alaska for about 10 years. Um, and then uh, when they split up, um, he went back to Oklahoma. My, my, uh, we went with my mom back to Massachusetts, where she's from. And then, you know, through high school, I was in, in uh, Massachusetts. And then I moved to New York City. And I, I toured doing an electro rock performance art show. I've done big band music. I've, I've done rock bands and metal bands and, you know, coffee houses. I've done so many different styles of music. And then uh, I was, I started a business in, um, in Boston doing mobile massage because I'm medically certified in massage. And uh, and now I run a, like a five-star hotel spa and all these things. So Mm -hmm. I built my business, but I thought I was done with music. So I was like, well, you know, I've, I've never done country music. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, it runs in my head because it wasn't cool. It wasn't cool growing up. And I, every time I heard, like when I was in the Army, 
they always had mm-hmm. country music playing or or rap. It was it was one or the other, uh, or really heavy <laughs> rock, and uh, mm-hmm. like Godsmack or something. And and then I heard um, and all the country music that I heard was just it wasn't very fun. It was just very sad. I was like, oh, I don't want to be sad. Mm-hmm. It's enough sadness. <laughs> So I wasn't really into it. I didn't really grow up around mm-hmm. it, even though I was still fans of like Dwight Yoke and Willie Nelson and Outlaw Country music. Yeah. I, I'm familiar with it. So, and then of course my dad's music and my uncle's music. So then um, I was like, well, I'm not done. You know, I should tr- at least try to, to play some country music since I never have. So I put mm-hmm. together an Outlaw Country yeah. band with some, some actually really good players like Bob Metzger who played with Leonard Cohen and so you have oh, in yeah. Boston, you have Berkeley school of music. So he was like his wife, the teacher at Berkeley, there's amazing musicians, <laughs> uh, amazing people came out of, um, out of Berkeley that, that have, have made it. Um, Charlie, um, I can't think of his last name right now, but he, he, there's a lot of, a lot of people. So I put together an mm-hmm. outlaw country band and I was like, Oh my gosh, this, this is home. This, this is <laughs> why haven't I been doing this? Like my voice works for it. Like, and so I started writing, and it was more of a classic sound. So my first EP was yeah. a classic style EP. And then um, my agent, I had a booking agent, she's, which I still work with. So this was back in 2012. And so mm-hmm. my, my booking mm-hmm. agent says, well, if you play some modern covers, I can get you more gigs. So I was like, ah, okay. And so we started <laughs> doing that. We, we learned a bunch of songs in like a month, and we just – started booking like crazy. Next thing you know, we're opening up for national acts like Old Dominion, Montgomery Gentry. Oh, wow. uh, like, and I had a really good band, like great musicians. Mm-hmm. We have some online videos. You can see these guys. They're, they're, they're amazing. And, you know, every time, mm-hmm. you know, national acts come through, they hang out with us um, and they see the band. They're just like, wow, you guys, why aren't you in Nashville? You know, that kind of thing. And I'm <laughs> like, well, I'm kind of established here with other things. So we do a lot of flyout dates some short touring, stuff like that, and trying to build. Uh, but then we recorded another album, um, and we got some radio play. Uh, that's how I know Joe mm-hmm. Kelly at CDX. Um, and then the third album we recorded, got even more, like a couple of our videos are over a half a million. Um, so mm-hmm. people are paying attention, and everything seems to get better and better, and mm-hmm. you know, we try to improve. And then yeah. uh, now I'm recording. As as you know, I, 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 uh, I was always... No offense to Nashville, but I uh, I love every time I've gone to Nashville, love it. But mm-hmm. for me, coming from the background of like kind of punk anti-establishment kind of stuff, <laughs> I was like, well, everybody else is going to Nashville to record. Why am I going to right? So so I was like, well, go record here. I'll record it. You know, because there's amazing you know musicians and and, mm-hmm. and uh, producers up in in Boston. So, uh, yeah. so I recorded the album, and then there was a label interest. So the label said, "Well, we like we like him, we like his sound, and we like, um, you know, but he doesn't sound Nashville." So my manager was like, mm-hmm. "Well, why don't why don't we record in Nashville?" I was like, "Well, mm-hmm. all right." So it was the best thing I ever did. So I was such a fool <laughs> for so long. Not not only. Because I mean, we went in there. I, I, you know, I fund everything that I, I do, yeah. and uh, so not only did it was it cheaper uh, to mm-hmm. to do, but I was I was way more impressed with the musicianship. I mean, we we laid down oh, wow. like four tracks in three hours. The the musicians mm-hmm. were in and out like, the, and they nailed it. They nailed it. You you heard the single like that's they did an amazing job. Um, wow. And then I worked with um, Bill McDermott, uh, who's worked with 
gosh, so many people over the past 30 years, uh, including George Strait and a bunch of other people. Um, and uh, the songs are just, I'm just so happy with it. Um, mm-hmm. The goal is to always improve what you're doing, which we have done. Yep. So, so that's, <laughs> that's a little synopsis of where I've come <laughs> from and, and, uh, where I'm at now. So I'm, I'm so happy uh, being able to play mm-hmm. country music and find my voice and find my true calling. So yeah, I'm lucky to be able to do about, it. You know, it's funny how you talk about that. You came back to music. I kind of, I get you on that. Cause back in 2014, yeah. we actually originally launched um, new country buzz and we ran it for about a year. And in mm-hmm. that time, we actually got to interview Kelsey Ballerini before she became big, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Yeah. And um, and in the 2015, it was just so much on us um, for another personal reason. I felt like I had to shut it down. But a piece of me left that day. It was like, it was like I felt like a piece, part of my heart was gone. And I remember mm-hmm. um, I even pushed away the domain and everything. Um, I I let it go. Oh. And I and about every six months. I've got to go, Daddy, and look up New Country Buzz. Oh, nope, nobody's bought it. Six months later, <laughs> nobody's bought it. And it was funny because by the end of I was like, okay, so we were three years now without doing this. I was like, I think we need to relaunch and finish what we started. And she was like, let's do it. And that was – we had no idea that we were going to be doing a show like this. And then, of course, 2019, we built the foundation of New Country Buzz, and then end of 2000. 19 I was like you know what time to go to the next level let's do a show and Sandy was like well what sh- what would we um call it like the Chris and Sandy show what else and she's like do you think people <laughs> would listen because you know we're nobody knows who we are yeah and I was like I was like it worked for Bobby Bones it worked for Ty Bentley I mean, it's, it's our name right <laughs> and we lost and we're third and you're now our 80 thir- 84th interview this since January 3rd and it's been crazy again it was one of them things where we kind of faded away a little bit but music's in us so much that we had to come back (laughs) that's great congratulations on that yeah it's it's good you gotta you gotta hold on to those things and just you know you don't want to have regrets that's how i look at it it's like well you know i'm not making a ton of money i'm investing it all back Mm -hmm. in it's usually a you know break and even kind of thing and but there's such a passion Mm -hmm. for it and there's the, the joy i get or anybody gets, we all get from doing what we love to do. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. that's what life's really about. And to be able to give back, oh my gosh, the, the giving back thing. When when I get comments yeah. or emails mm-hmm. from people that that are just so complimentary, your your song touched me. We have this uh, song yeah. called Ready to Leave on our second album it's mm-hmm. about domestic violence. And um, gosh, like I did mm-hmm. not expect so many so many people to respond to that and have it move them Mm -hmm. or motivate them to, 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 you know, to get themselves away from terrible situations. So to to be able to affect people in a positive way is Mm -hmm. such a blessing to be able to give back like that. Most definitely. And, and Sandy's even got a story from when she was in high school of music. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. I was bullied a lot in junior high and, High school had a lot of worries and anxiety during that time period, and music was what would take my mind off of the situation then, and was very healing and and helped me get through that rough time period. For sure, for sure, that's good. And I don't think people realize yeah. the power of music. Yeah, very powerful. 
it's it's a subtle thing that you know you know some people really notice and some people like mm-hmm. if you take it away they're like wait a second there's something missing <laughs> from my life <laughs> mm-hmm. you yeah. know yeah so so when you know so what's something unusual about you that people find unusual gosh i don't know <laughs> what is <laughs> what's unusual about me? I, I I don't know. I can't read people's minds. Uh, I think people get surprised sometimes. They get surprised sometimes when they uh, realize they're like, "Oh, it's Houston Bernard. Your real name's a stage name." Like, no, it's, oh, well. it's a real name. It's it's a family name. Yep. It goes back a couple of generations. Mm-hmm. And and then they feel stupid because I'm like, I was named after my uncle who died on the farm in Oklahoma when he was two. And like, oh, oh well. okay. Wow. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm not I'm not some fake dude trying to be country yeah, exactly. or trying to be anything. It's like this is just you know you this are. is who I am. I gotta be who I am. And it's weird. It's like you know you got the the, the school thought. It's like well you're not from the south. It's like well mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're from the south. It doesn't matter if you're good or bad. Like if you love doing what you're doing, and there are yep. people that are going to enjoy what you're doing, or at least enjoy your energy. If you're terrible, I. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching some of this stuff online, like on uh, quarantine karaoke. Some people mm-hmm. are good. Some people, you know, there's a whole spectrum of people, but it doesn't yeah. matter. They love what they're doing. And like that energy yeah. of seeing someone who loves what they're doing, that, that, that mm-hmm. affects people. And, and uh, like, I, as far as being unusual, I, I think I've just had a lot of experiences in life. Um, <laughs> and I think people get surprised that I, uh, I'm a massage therapist. Like, uh, yeah, you know, that, which is, is what I did on the side to try to make money. Uh, yeah, when yeah. I was playing music, you know, and it just turned into a business. I'm like, oh, okay, what do I do with this? <laughs> so. Yeah, that, that's funny how that works out. You just, you know, you, you just never know. And you know, I love that question because now with the girls, I usually ask what's something quirky because I think men wouldn't really like me asking what's quirky about you you know so I kind of changed uh, yeah. it a little bit when I asked female <laughs> I worded a little different but I think it's a good question because what's funny is I'm um, talking about the, the unusual or not normal um, about two weeks ago our little one our eight-year-old which you'll hear from him a little bit later in the show because we always oh, bring yes, him on and ask a question for you but we um but he came to us, and I guess he heard this on a cartoon of his. I don't he know. Did. But he came to us and says, "What does normal mean?" <laughs> and all I can think of is not us. <laughs> <laughs> that was hard to answer. Yeah, it's a, it's a perspective so. thing. I think it's a, it's a perspective thing. You know, it's, it's like I'm, I'm, you know, people want to be able to put you in a box so they can understand you. you know, mm-hmm. you know, what's your age? What's mm-hmm. your where you're from? What <laughs> all of these things and they have their own specific idea of who you are based on those details. And I, mm-hmm. I'm a pretty private person. I don't like to talk about my personal life too much because I don't want anybody, you know, knowing mm-hmm. much about me. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. my, my life is my life. What I share with others is, is music. I love to share that. And so I don't mind yeah. talking about music, but when people start asking me too many personal questions, I'm, I'm just like, well, that's not really your business. You know, I, I'm sharing it with my music. I'm like, I understand you know what's that, funny? You know. <laughs> Yeah. You know what's funny? You know what our tagline is, don't you, on our show? Tagline is called uh, Up Close and Personal. 
<laughs> good luck. I'm, I'm pretty good at avoiding things. I'll put some roadblocks in front of you. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you, I've shared quite a, quite a bit with you about, um, yes. yeah, about yes, where I came we from. And, it. It, and we, and we appreciate lot. that because that's what this shows. And that's what this show is about, yeah. is to get a little close, not necessarily to dive too deep into people's lives, but deep enough to where, because, yes, we want to know about you, the artist, but to be honest, I want to know more about you, the person. That's why we created the show. Because, mm-hmm. because everybody wants to know about you, the artist. Everybody. Uh, I want to know well. you, the person. <laughs> <laughs> so what makes you, what drives you? What makes you tick? What at this point in your career now, to try to go to that next level, what's dri- what's that driving force? Um, I just I like to challenge myself and keep creating. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm I can always be a better mm-hmm. musician. I can always be a better singer, a better writer, and mm-hmm. it's just something I've always done. I started writing little jingles when I was five years old. Um, oh wow! And then. And I started writing full songs when I was about 11 or 12. Uh, I'll be a uh, terrible song, but uh, <laughs> I still write terrible songs, to be honest. Um, so it's, you know, I, I, I figure, like, if, I, if people still want to listen to what I'm doing, then I'll, I'll keep doing it. That's the motivator. But I, I just love the challenge of it. I like to try to improve yeah. myself all the time. And producers I've worked with over the years who have become friends, like my producer and, and best friend from high school, he, uh, he, he's just, and he's done well. He's been signed to several mm-hmm. major labels and stuff. But he's like, you, you get better. You're getting better. Like mm-hmm. most people like, hit a certain point and they just kind of like sour out. <laughs> and uh, so right. that was probably the biggest compliment I've, I've had. So I, I do. I just try to get better in the challenge of it. I just like challenges. You know, when I was, when I was in the Army, Mm-hmm. Um, the, the challenge, like physical fitness challenge, was, was mm-hmm. I loved that. So I, I ended up with a bunch of awards, um, you know, <laughs> high PT for brigade and battalion and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's really, I think it's about the challenge of it, and then the artistry of it. There's always mm-hmm. there's always something new to learn. There's always yep. new artists coming out, inspiring you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just so overwhelming, <laughs> and it, it doesn't <laughs> let go. You know, it's 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 drawn to it. Yeah, I, I, I figured, understand that. I figured point. at some point it would. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's one thing about music that's different than anything else out there. You could be in it thirty years because I I hear people who've been doing it for thirty years and they're like, I still feel like it's day one. Yeah. Cause as soon as you're satisfied, you, you've lost. Yeah, yeah. But I feel yep. like as soon as, as soon as you're satisfied, you're like, okay, I made it. Oh, then you lost. Because it's yeah, it's, cause a lot, you know, it's, it's about it's about uh, enjoying the journey, right? Mm-hmm. Life's a, a journey, yeah. not a destination. Song from Aeros, Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Great. I was and reading. Um, the, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was I was reading uh, Bruce Springsteen's book, and one mm-hmm. so many things stuck out at me. It's almost like <laughs> a, I mean, talk about longevity. It's almost like a, a how-to book on on to you know follow your your dreams as an artist. It's really yeah. what stuck out stood out for me mm-hmm. was he was talking about longevity. So all these people mm-hmm. he's he's seen over the years that were so talented, you know, 
people like Kurt Cobain and Janis yeah. Joplin, all, all those people, they just, they burn out and they die. And um, mm-hmm. he was just talking about longevity. He's just, you know, mm-hmm. you don't do things that are going to put you down the wrong path. Yeah, exactly. That really stood out for me. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> now, when you look back at your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> we we opened up for Montgomery January at the House of Blues um, a few years back. Mm-hmm. And wow. that was what, probably one of my favorite shows that we did. Um, the energy was amazing. And then uh, Troy, this is obviously before he passed, he, yeah, we, we hung out. He's from Lexington, Kentucky, where my mom and brother live. So we had a lot in common. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we had a brief encounter backstage. And then we were loading up, and his bus was out there, and our car was out there. He said, hey, you guys want some moonshine? Was, yeah. <laughs> so we, we hung out for a while. And, uh, you know, as lead singers, as lead singers, um, we we kind of ha- on the same plane. So we mm-hmm. we chatted a bunch, and we really connected, I thought. And uh, yeah. actually his, his keyboard player was – Pitching me songs, <laughs> which are pretty good, but I like I like to write most of the songs. Um, so that 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 experience was that really stood out for mm-hmm. me um, to really spend some time with people that have been successful for a long period of time, and and to you know to see that that side of things. And I think that that yeah. year in particular, I think it was 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We also spent we opened up for Old Dominion a couple times and spent oh, wow. some time with those guys. So and mm-hmm. they were so open and uh, they were they were so open to giving advice and to I mean those guys are just monster writers musicians <laughs> uh, performers you know what I mean so yeah it, there's I, I have so much admiration so those experiences are probably the really stood out for me <laughs> the highlight over the past couple of years that's really cool yeah now at this point I always like to flip the script a little bit and go the other way because I think uh, a lot of times, fans of artists, they don't get to hear the struggles, the sacrifices that artists have to make, and they're, and it's huge, and, and people don't really get that side of it. And I'm going to tell a small story that leads us in of where I want this to go. Back in 2014, okay. we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, <laughs> and at that, oh, time, great. Yeah, at that time, they were full-time with music. And so one of my mm-hmm. questions to Allison was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, and she said that this is going to sound funny coming from a full-time artist. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, once you go full-time, even though it's still your passion, it becomes a job. And there are some days you just don't want to work. He said, I don't care what you're doing. He says, you could have the worst day ever, but if you got a gig tonight. Yeah. You got to get on that stage and smile like there's no tomorrow. She says oh, yeah. the, the family, the family <laughs> has to sacrifice and all that. Not she goes, not just me and my daughter. She goes, but the whole family has some sort of sacrifice in this whole career. She goes, but mm-hmm. if your heart won't allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because being all in is the only way that those sacrifices become worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit about that side of it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, 
I think if you really want to make music a, a career, you should go all mm-hmm. in. Um, I, and I, I've, I've gone back and forth with it all the time. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not in a position to do that at this point. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of been playing, you know, both sides of the, the fence here and just like, okay, well, I've got mm-hmm. this business, this business that is making sure that yeah. I can stay afloat and pay for yep. my bills. And then the music thing. So it's like, I'm not interested in sleeping in my car. I, I feel like I'm past that point. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I understand like, if mm-hmm. you're not all in, there's a chance that there's a good chance that, well, I, I should say there's a, the, there's a lower percentage of, of, of success. If your success is to be yeah. a major mainstream artist, my goal at this point mm-hmm. is to be able to make the best music I can and put it out and to, to mm-hmm. play music for people to tour around. Um, yeah. And I, I think that depending on what your idea of success is, uh, I have no yeah. interest in honestly in being as big as, you know, Dirks Bentley or, <laughs> or any of those, or Lou Combs, like mm-hmm. they're amazing artists. They are all in. They were all in from from day one. I mean, I've been playing music yeah. for a long time, but at this point, my goals have changed. Yeah, um, I want to be able to mm-hmm. continue to play music, improve what I do, um, mm-hmm. and I love doing short tours, fly out dates. If opportunities arise, I will definitely mm-hmm. you know follow those opportunities. But um, yep. I just like I'm satisfied with where I'm at and I'm not going to, mm-hmm. you know, risk everything on a chance. I'm not, a, I'm not a gambling yeah. man. You know what <laughs> I mean? So I, I, and, and from what I understand, uh, and I've talked to a lot of people that have been signed by labels, mm-hmm. I'm in a better position. I make better money than a lot of these artists before. Um, Nigga, label you, you you to get to a certain, oh, oh yeah. And, and, and if you're, if you thing, get, especially if you get it too early. Yes. You, you need to build your own success. So you have value <laughs> and you, you have a negotiating, you know, negotiating leverage, uh, which I, I don't really at the moment, even though there's been some label mm-hmm. interest. Um, mm-hmm. I still, I still need to, to get to a point where I feel confident and I don't want to get a, a crappy deal, even though most of the deals yeah. are crappy from what I understand. <laughs> like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, like from what I understand, they're taking your publishing now. Three sixty deals are mm-hmm. taking a piece of everything. Like that's just yeah. how it is. And mm-hmm. so if that's how it is, I have money in the bank, or I did a few months ago, and I, you know, I I do pretty well on my own. I do a lot of mm-hmm. my own uh, booking, uh, even though mm-hmm. I have like five six agents I work with. You know, I do a lot of stuff myself. I'm the, the captain of my own ship. You know, I see see all the stuff that happens. It'd be very difficult for someone to rip me off. <laughs> and it's exactly you know what, I mean? what you're saying is exactly the the what Joe Kelly told us when, when we was talking to Joe Kelly back a few months ago uh, on the, mm-hmm. on the, our other podcast. That was one of the things he he said with the tools that people have nowadays. He says there's no reason they can't go and make a hundred hundred fifty thousand profit from their business without being on a label. Mm-hmm. And and he said that then you build your base. He says you never go to a label. You have them come to you. He says when yeah. when you get to the point where you've got a good enough following and you can prove to them that you do, he says now you can name your price. He says but if you go too early, 
They just he says you might not think they screwed you, but they did. Of course, <laughs> they, they don't make money <laughs> being honest, um, or I shouldn't say that. <laughs> they don't make money like not having a you know they, yeah. they're looking at we know exactly what they yeah. Yes, adapt, mm-hmm. the, the whole from what I understood, like the whole since downloading has been you know and that's been what almost twenty years. They yep. had to, to restructure. So how are they going to make mm-hmm. their money by taking all the publishing by you know, like every song needs to be a, a you know, and an, it's an investment, right? So yeah. it, it needs to have licensing. You need to be able to, mm-hmm. there's, there's so much to it. And so how are the labels going to stay afloat? But by taking exactly. a piece of everything, it makes sense. I mean, and, they, and, and you have to be careful that you read the whole contract because, and because this is something new I learned. I didn't, you know, when you interview enough artists, you you mm-hmm. you learn things that you had no idea that goes on in the industry, and this is something I had no idea the labels, some labels do, not all labels, but some labels do. Let's say that they were po- they've poured a lot of money into this one artist, and let's say yep. that some and and they that, and they see an artist that's rising, and they could tell that because they they know their numbers, they could tell that that person is really competing for the exact same audience. Some people have told me that labels, some labels, not all labels, will go to that person and convince them to sign with them. And of course, they think, "Oh God, I got this. I'm part of this big label now, and all that." And as soon as you sign the dotted line, they bench you for three years because they got this other investment. And there ain't nothing you can do about it because you signed that dotted line. Yes. Yep. I'm very familiar with that. And that's I've amazing. That I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that that even exists. And so I'm, I'm like, yeah. when I first heard that, and I heard that from three or four different artists that we've interviewed. I'm like, really? That happened? I'm like, that's just. And then they say, and the worst part is, as soon as your three your contract is, if their other artist has gotten to the top of like a Blake type thing now, then they let you go. So they they never had any intention of putting right. money into you. The goal was right. to keep you on the on the shelf so that you didn't compete with their because you're a new artist. This is a new artist. They didn't want you to, and you were the closest to competing with that than anybody else out there. Yeah, that's that's a pretty awful thing to do. <laughs> yep, and yeah, and like I said, not all not all labels do that, but I have heard stories that some labels do that, and it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Perfect, perfect yeah. place for. We're going to take a quick break, commercial break, and then we're going to play your song "American Dream," and we're going to come back and talk about that. How's that sound? Sounds great. Hey everyone, we have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. 
because <laughs> we're 21st. <laughs> you know, you know uh, we, we kind of joke that, yeah, the world is living our marriage now. We've been living this for 17 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I kind of, you know, but again, you know, it's, I, I never tell people, oh, they should live marriage the way we do. And again, we're, we don't want to be normal. We just don't do things normal. But you're so yeah. right with that song. You know, what people call the American dream sometimes really should be the American nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. No, because, well, mm-hmm. you know, the picture was painted. You're, you grew up with this idea mm-hmm. of what it's supposed to be, what you were told it was supposed to be. And then you realize, mm-hmm. wait a second, I've got this, you know, I've got this 30-year loan on a, on a place that I'm not going to be able to afford, and I'm just struggling every day. And, like, this is not... This is not what I thought it would be. And then you end up with mm-hmm. limited choices and yeah. But and, and, it, and it's even sure. more. And it's even more yeah. where I've got friends of mine. Because I like I'm sure you've heard this the artists just need to get a real job. I hear that a lot. And and I hate that phrase <laughs> because I tell people don't tell an artist they need to get a real job. They got something better, a passion that they're striving for. But I, but again, with the whole job, you know, I think that people just misunderstand what an artist. Because you know, you know, like you said, as an independent artist, you actually have multiple jobs that you're doing because you know, you don't have one job. <laughs> no, you got a business, no, and then you got a business to run on top of that. Right, right. Yep, that's. Uh, I mean. That's how you do it, though. You, you, I think as an artist, like, yes, you, you have to put, you know, a lot of passion and stuff into what you're doing, mm-hmm. but you also should understand that it is a business, you know? Mm-hmm. I think there are still some people that don't realize that it's a business. Yeah. And if, you lose, yeah. if you lose sight of what it is, I mean, if you, art is great, but if you can't survive on it, then you're killing your art. So you, you have to mm-hmm. have a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't rely on other people to to know the business for you. Exactly. That's like with us. We do a lot of side gigs and stuff to stay afloat while we build our brand with the Chris and Sandy show. Um, We're also in the process Mm -hmm. of writing a book called Broken Together that has to do with marriages because we feel like God's leading us into like marriage ministry and stuff like that. So we're trying to build all this and stay afloat all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I try to (laughs) – Yeah, I, I try to think it's all about balance, and you know, you don't want to thin yourself yep. out too much. And yeah, you know, if you're really trying to follow a passion, there, you know, you dedicate time to it. You you have yep. a system. You educate mm-hmm. yourself. You know, and you you save as much money as you can. <laughs> so <laughs> when it time when when the time comes to spend a little bit of it, what you know, maybe it be recording or or any passion, not mm-hmm. just music or or art, but you know, maybe you want to run a certain type of business that hasn't taken off yet. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. have to, you have to have, you know, your, your income and then your side hustle. Yep. Uh, I've known a, a lot of musicians that have done the Broadway thing in Nashville and like mm-hmm. some, some people don't do well at it. Some people do extremely well at it. And uh, <laughs> the ones that do extremely well at it, like, you know, we're doing a gig here. I made $300 in tips, and then I get called to do a late shift at the other one, and, da-da-da, and I made my rent in one weekend. And I'm like, that's amazing. But the money is so good that they uh-huh. they lose sight of why they went to Nashville. You yeah. Know? 
So yeah. it's, it's yeah. really about balance. And, and, you know, it's funny as you said that because I posted on Facebook. In fact, right before this um, call, I posted um, – because I think people have to be careful, like you just said, what direction they're trying to go. Because I posted, um, be careful that, that you don't let a good life keep you from a called life. And I think what you just said mm-hmm. is so important right. because you've got to keep that direction going and knowing because sometimes you can get in a rut at a higher income. Because you're, you know, In fact, it's easier to get in a rut at a higher income because people I've talked with said, yeah, all of a sudden you're making seventy, eighty, ninety thousand 90000 a year. It's really easy to get in a rut in that because because now you, you don't want to take chances. Right. Because you're like, you know what, I, I, I don't want to take no chance. I'm making this kind of money. And then all of a sudden now they're giving up on that passion that they had for all these years. Yes. Yep. It's all about balance. <clears throat> yep. So, balance. and because we're all about balance, we believe in balance too with family and everything. We always let our eight-year-old, he always likes to ask one question to each of the artists. So oh, Sandy's going to get awesome. him on real quick. <laughs> yeah, we're a family affair, as I tell people. <laughs> and we've right. got a one-year-old daughter named Caitlin. When she gets a couple more years older, we'll plug her in, too. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yes, here's Christopher with this question. Hi, Hi Christopher. What's your favorite food? Favorite food? Gosh, I love food a lot. Um <laughs> You know what? I, I, I really like a good pizza. I, I would have to say pizza yeah. probably my favorite food. A good one, you know. Some uh, grilled chicken with some uh, pesto splash on it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours, Lucas? Pizza. Yes. Good choice. <laughs> What's what, funny? What kind of pizza? What, what do you like on your pepperoni? pizza? Pepperoni. Oh, I love pepperoni. <laughs> Very good. Well, what's funny is both interviews today said the same thing, pizza. So he was loving that. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> bye, Chris. Nice to meet you. <laughs> he comes and goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're teaching them because I've always been taught through through life that that when you got kids, you you inspire passion and purpose into their lives by them watching you live out yours. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> and that's what we're trying to do. And by including him and one day including Caitlin, because again, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't want him to be a doctor. I want him to do what God called him to do. That's what I want. Or what he feels yeah. in his heart that he's supposed to do. You know, if he goes to college, great. But I'll be honest, if he doesn't want to go to college, I'm okay with that. As long as he's got a plan. Now, if he don't have a plan, I want him to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, I agree with but, that. I think the yeah. mm-hmm. ROI is, is happiness. You know, you got to yep. be happy with your life, and you got to make a living yeah. somehow. So yeah, whatever and, makes and you know, happy. Because I've got friends of mine, and this is sad about the whole passion thing and what makes you happy. I got friends of mine that say are ten, fifteen years in their career, and they're miserable. And I'm not saying all my friends are miserable, but just there's a handful that are miserable and who've been in their career for 10, 15 years. And you sit down with them, and you're like, well, God, you've got this great lifestyle. You've got this great family, this awesome career. And, and, and there's a few that will stop you and say, you know, the career's the problem. And I'm always like, well, what do you mean the career's the problem? You went to six years of college, four years of college, eight years of college, whatever it was, for that career. And they're like, no, right. I really didn't want this career. 
My parents told me I need to go where money is. My friends told me I need to go where money is. Everybody told me, my counselors told me I need to go do what money is good because my passion that they said will never make money. So, so now they're 15 years in their career. They're miserable. Some of them are cheating on their spouse. Some of them are drinking, becoming alcoholics, all because – and again, it's not a, I'm not saying it's the blame in here. They're still responsible. But you know when you lose that passion, you lose any drive. And I agree. They've lost that passion. All because mm-hmm. everybody tried to guide them to where money was, where, as you said, where the American dream was. And now they're, they're destroying their life because they realize it's all a lie. Yeah, I was. <clears throat> you know, I think there's good intentions from from parents <laughs> that do that. They don't. They, you know, especially if if you're immigrants, you come to this country, mm-hmm. and it's your, you know, your parents are like, well, you yeah. got to go to school, you got to get a job, you got to do this. Because that's mm-hmm. that's a strong structure. Um, yeah. But I, I think there's good intentions, but you know the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. But at the same exactly. time, you know, at the same time, it's like okay, well, this is you know some people are able to follow their dreams. I was remember I remember um, mm-hmm. so so many artists that I've seen be successful. Some mm-hmm. of them, their parents didn't. Uh, encourage them or support them, mm-hmm. but they felt the fire burning deep inside, yep. and that's what kept them going. Well, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really up to to the the person. Even now, I think I don't think there's uh, there's really any limits on it. You know, as far as mm-hmm. age or whatever. If if you are really passionate about something, then you should mm-hmm. go after it. I was listening yep. to uh, Gary. Gary, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of <laughs> a lot of things. I was really absorbing his content for a good couple of years, mm-hmm. and it's really about uh, just going after what motivates you. Uh, there was someone mm-hmm. that really liked '80s memorabilia for I don't know Smurfs or Star Wars or something. So he mm-hmm. encouraged them to to go after that. So he that person made their own YouTube show, and he's making a living talking about <laughs> whatever whatever eighties memorabilia that was. You know, what I mean? it's like you could really go after it. if you're really passionate about something. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse. All the information is on online. You can learn pretty yep. much uh, anything, uh, or at least get a, a, a plethora of at least get a start. Yeah, or direction. Obviously, if you want to be a doctor or something like that, you still got to go to school for that. Or yeah, a lawyer, but that. <laughs> if you have a passion for something, the the information is out there. It's it's not like it was in in the '90s or '80s when there wasn't a ton of information that was right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's so yeah. much that's shared. So there's no yeah, excuse exactly. not to go after a, a passion, <laughs> even a, you know, side, no matter what it is, side hustle, right? You can yeah. have your full time mm-hmm. job make paying the bills and then you know you've got what if it's a nine to five you got like six to to eleven or twelve o'clock at night to to work on your side hustle seven days a week or more and, and you know there used to be a thing <laughs> yeah. i used to hear from people and i love this saying because mm-hmm. you make a living from nine to five you build a life from six to eleven yes and if you can if you can build your life 24 7 that would be yeah. ideal right Yep, because eventually the goal is to yeah. be able to leave that job so that you can then do it full time. The, the problem is sometimes people leave the job a little too early. 
so it backfires. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as we get back towards music now, because um, I go both all different ways. Because again, I want our I want our show to be more about the person and the music, and be a show that inspires people to live a greater life. Like, like a lot of stuff we talked about can help anybody, no matter what what their passion is. And I and I'm gl- so glad it's went yeah. the way it's went so far. So if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? And I know you said you'd, you'd like to write alone, but there's got to be somebody out there that you would just love. Oh, no, I, write. I, I like <laughs> to write. Uh, I love writing with people. I would, I've been writing with Trey Bruce uh, recently. We've written a few songs together, and he wrote oh, wow. uh, eight number ones in the 90s. He used to write for mm-hmm. a bunch of people. Uh, I love to write with um, Matt Ramsey from Old Dominion. I think mm-hmm. he's oh, that'd be amazing. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wouldn't mind trying to write a song with Willie Nelson. <laughs> what would that you really be? I don't know. I could only imagine what that song would be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I um, I don't know. Um, oh, Brothers Osborne. I love those guys. I, I, I to the subject matter. I, I guess that we, when I like to write, when I write with people, it's usually we have a conversation mm-hmm. and we talk about the the most recent thing things that oh, wow. that are moving us or we're thinking about. Um mm-hmm. you know, I I've written with some great writers. But uh yeah, subject matter, that really depends. You know. Yeah. I I, the I could write a I don't write a ton of drinking songs. I, I, so I'd like to write a drinking song. <laughs> <laughs> like a like Willie, an actual Willie would be your man on that one probably. <laughs> uh I'd love to play Whiskey River. That's a great song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So, of the songs you've written, what song means the most to you, and why? Means the most. Um, there's a song called "Happy" that I mm-hmm. wrote, and something about that song it just mm. it it just seems so simple and honest. Mm-hmm. To me, and I wow. I wrote it about someone I care about very much, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and and, the, and what I've noticed is that it translates to other people. That's mm-hmm. one song, that's, and that's sometimes awesome. like the the my hardest critics that mm-hmm. that are my friends, they're like, well, I don't like that song. I don't like that song, but everybody <laughs> likes a song called Happy. Oh wow! And mm-hmm. no matter who they are, it's, it's hard. It's it's such a simple song hard not to like it but it's yeah people really like it um i'd like to get a better recording of it because the first ep was you know we're learning as we go but mm-hmm. um yeah mm-hmm. i would say that was that was probably that, that would be my favorite that's that I've written. really cool um so i'm about to ask a question away and you kind of went this way a little bit because i know you're satisfied with where you're at but i still like to I'm one that like to kind of put. There's got to be a little bit in you that wants a little more. It's got to be. I'm, I I know that 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 drive is in you. I'm about to ask oh, a question sure. a certain way, and I have a purpose behind yeah. this particular question, and I'll explain it okay. right, right after our question. But if you had like a magic wand, and, and what you were about to say would for sure come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I ask it that way is because I want the artist to think because this past February made five years that we asked that exact same question to Kelsey Ballerini. Mm-hmm. And the answer she gave us back then 
is exactly what she's living right now. She knew she had that vision. She had that drive. She knew where she was going. And I know that most artists, they have that in them. And I just want to bring it out out to make them think, where do I really want to be in five years? So if all bets were off and it would 100% work the way you want it, what would be your ideal life five years from now? Hmm. Um, obviously, I, I, like I said before, I like to grow and, and improve myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would, I would definitely like to have some success. You know, I'd like to have one top 10 hit. I think That's I would awesome. be be happy with with one um what i've noticed though a lot of the artists that are successful i have you know one top 10 hit there's a mm-hmm. there's usually a, a couple behind that yeah <laughs> you know like uh mm-hmm. <laughs> your eric churches and brothers osborne's and mm-hmm. um but i think for me i'd like to keep growing to a point where i can get one hit because you notice like you know i'm i'm happy with a one hit wonder you know, and you could you could live off that for the rest of your life. You know, yep, you, <laughs> you know, if I had, yeah. a, I wrote a wedding song that people were still playing at their wedding years later. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. That, that would be awesome. <laughs> but I, I, yep. I like um, the idea of of being able to still, you know, have have at least one strong hit that kind of carries mm-hmm. the careers. Like, oh, that's the guy that did American Dream. They did that. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a song we can hear on the radio. I really think that song oh, yeah. could be a radio hit. There's no reason it can't. Oh, definitely. We both said that. Thanks. Well, I'm hoping too. <laughs> <laughs> but I, every release I do, I hope so. You know, I, I try not to get my hopes up too much. And I just keep trying to move forward. You know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm blessed to be able to continue to do it. Really. Really, mm-hmm. exactly. So really if you try had to a enjoy friend, the journey. Let's say you had a friend of yours, and let's say you heard them sing, and let's say that you that they they can sing, and you, they got something special about them, and you can you can tell there's something special. And this would be pre-COVID advice, though. So of course, think think <laughs> think about that. And let's say that they've played ten or twenty shows, so they're really just getting their feet wet. But they've played the shows. They've gotten on stage. And they've gotten what every artist says. You get that stage bug, that music bug, and you look over the crowd, and you just know this is what you're supposed to do with the rest of your life. And they come to you, and they say, Houston, it's in me. I feel like I am supposed to do this for the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Are they just starting out? Yeah, they're they're really just starting. Out. They don't play about ten, twenty shows, but they're good. They're they're they are really good, and and they do get something special with them. But but they're just getting their feet wet. But they already feel that you know what I'm supposed to do this. I would tell them to keep improving and try to, to to learn and own their craft. You know, if, if you're going to be a singer, a writer, you should mm-hmm. try to improve both. I mean, take lessons, uh, write with other writers constantly perform more, uh, be, be critical of, you know, I like to, to record videos of myself that I see and then I listen to them and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to see how I can be better. What can I do? Mm-hmm. What am I communicating? You know, that, that there's a lot of work to be done with that kind of thing. There's a lot of room to improve. So I would say, uh, yeah. just keep, 
keep working on it. Keep working on your craft and enjoy it. Don't don't focus so hard on you know that one goal of oh I gotta be famous because what's <laughs> <laughs> the percentage of artists that actually are famous, right? Or like yeah, amazingly successful, mm-hmm. very low. Mm-hmm. So yep, you're not gonna be if that's what you're chasing. I would say don't bother. But mm-hmm. if you're chasing, and, and there was a time that that's what I was chasing too. It's, it's a learning. Mm-hmm. I had to learn that. <laughs> it's like, well, mm-hmm. I've been doing this a while, and I'm still not famous. What's up? Well, <laughs> you're, not focused on the, you're not focused on the craft itself. You know, yeah. do, you, do you love the idea yeah. of being famous? Or do you love, you know, playing music, singing, and, and enjoying that? Because, yeah, there is a thrill of being in front of a crowd and them cheering you on. And like, wow, it's it's an overwhelming feeling and you want more, you want more. But what it really comes down to is like, you will get that if you work on your craft. Exactly. You will, you will find an audience if you keep improving. Mm-hmm. You know, you're communicating to somebody. Yeah, that's that's really what it's about. I mean, there's people that, that have been doing music for a long time. They've had their success, like their peak and then, mm-hmm. you know, if they really love it, they keep making it or they keep staying involved in it in some, some way. Maybe they give back, mm-hmm. they encourage other artists or, or keep writing. I mean, I, I've been writing with, um, like I said, Trey Bruce, and he's a really interesting guy. And the more I've mm-hmm. learned about him, he's had different groups. He's written for other people. Mm-hmm. He gets involved in charity work. Um, mm-hmm. He say he's, he, I don't want to say single-handedly because there was a building that they were going to tear down. I think it was the RCA building mm-hmm. in Nashville. They were going to tear down. Because, I mean, I'm sure you know that the developers have gone crazy all over the place, but especially yeah. in Nashville. Mm-hmm. They're like, one of the time I was there a couple of years ago, there's 16 cranes in the, in, in the, in the air, <laughs> building, building. Wow. Oh, that's a lot. So anyway, so he's trying to save this RCA building with all this history, Elvis and everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton sang and recorded uh, what Jolene, I Will Always Love You, and uh, another our hit all in one day. Like that's just one of mm-hmm. the many things. So he got involved with, you know, raising money and actually uh, I think they ended up buying it for double that they were going to oh, sell wow. it for. Just, stop just so they can hold on to this building. It's a very important part of history. They were going to build condos, obviously. Yeah. Um, but instead, you know, you're holding on to the history of what makes Nashville, Nashville. Yeah. So this is just an amazing guy and it's um, the growth. And I think everyone um, that gets involved in a passion, you're going to find mm-hmm. different, different lanes to go down. I don't know. I, I just yeah. admire that whole thing. That is really awesome. So as we get to our last question here, what is okay. a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? I don't know. I thought you had pretty good questions. <laughs> pretty thorough. <laughs> okay, um, we, we, always like, we always like to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, how about uh, what was the name of the first song you wrote? What was oh, the name? that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> When I was, uh, well, here's a silly one. When the first jingle I remember writing when I was five years old was a song called <laughs> Janie, <laughs> sorry, this is so silly, Janie Cut the Rain. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. 
but I just remember it for some reason. And uh, and uh, so does my brother. My brother remembers that song. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. I may have to add that one in there, and I may have to explain to each artist now and say, what was the first song you wrote, no matter how crazy it sounds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that's that's really cool. So tell everybody how they could reach you. Uh, you can reach me uh, at uh, my website, Houston Bernard, Houston like the city, Bernard like the saint, uh, HoustonBernard.com. And uh, I'm on all the socials, most of them. And uh, feel free to say hello. I love talking to people. There you go. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, you guys. And I, I hope uh, the single, I hope everyone likes it as much as you do. <laughs> we do too. And we've, we've enjoyed having you on and look forward to uh, down the yeah. road having you back. Thanks a lot, you guys. I appreciate it. Right, you have a great day. You too. Stay safe. Bye. You too. Bye. Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed today's show That's two today that we've done Probably not going to keep doing two forever We've got a couple weeks of that where we've got multiples But for the most part we want to try to keep it one a day um, To keep our to some balance in But again, tomorrow we've got another great show for, for you Come, Another great artist coming your way And until then, we'll see you then <laughs>